0: I don't know how many of you um, recognize uh, MacGyver. Do you? Do you I, I'm, I'm kind of dating myself, perhaps. Um, but this is okay because we were hanging out with with Dallas and Lee earlier this week, and he was kind enough to remind me that I'm old. So. <laughs> I, so I've, this is kind of a theme thing, anyway. So um, you can see from here that, of course, his Swiss Army knife, he was able to do um, exploit. I mean, this guy he could he could um, uh, take a car apart, build a house. It didn't matter he, with, with his with his um, tools, he could do that. So we're going to talk a little bit about sort of the tools that that David had this morning. But it made me think about one of my favorite phrases: adapt, persevere, and overcome. And so I've kind of built out the full phrase here, which is improvise adapt, persevere, and overcome. Now, uh, just to give you some context first, um, next slide, if you would, uh, uh, Casey. Um, So the context here we find in uh, 1 Samuel 21, um, verse 10 to 15, and then 2 Samuel uh, 23 um, provides kind of, those are sort of the bookends um, to this. Uh, What's happening in, in David's life is he's escaped from Saul, he's on the run, and he goes to Gath. Now, this is, of course, the hometown of Goliath. So why he would do this, I'm not quite sure. But anyways, he, what he tries to do is forge an alliance with King um, Akish. Now, uh, Abimelech is, uh, is, is the term, which is more, it's, it's like a title, like Pharaoh. But anyways, it's King, King Akish And uh, um, uh, so David is trying to do this, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend thing, because they're, they're all enemies, but uh, it doesn't work. In fact, he finds himself in real trouble because the Gadites have said, well, "Wait a minute! Isn't isn't this um, isn't this uh, King David? Isn't the one? Isn't this the one that we've sang about? You know, uh, Saul slew thousands; David slew tens of thousands. Uh, I don't think we want him here." So he's he, he finds himself in real trouble, uh, panics. What does he do? He and I, and I think this is in his own strength. He decides to act like he's. He's crazy. He's he's a madman. He's absolutely lost it, and so he's you know kind of like having epileptic seizures, and he's drooling in his beard. and And one thing to catch with that in, in this culture, drooling into your beard and doing all that is is this like incredible hideous thing. Um, and anyway, so it just it, it really um, it upset the king. He said, "Wait a minute! Don't we have enough madmen here? Uh, you know, in, in this in this country? And now you want another one to be my guest?" No, so they toss him out the gates, and uh, he's got nowhere to go. So what do you do? He can't. He can't. Um, he can't go back to Saul. Uh, he has nowhere to go. He goes to the wilderness, and where does he escape to? He escapes to the cave of Adullam, and this is where he actually writes this this psalm. Uh, next slide, please. So, um, what, what? Here we had his his improvising where he. Uh, um, he decided that he would act like he was a madman. That was kind of that was. If that isn't improv, I don't know uh, what is. And then he adapted by uh, escaping to the wilderness and to the cave. And now we begin to learn about persevering and how he how um, uh, what he learned in that and how um, how he persevered. Uh, and first and foremost, it was through praise. And um, what he did was he praised God. And this is. Um, this is so important. You know, when we when we come in in the mornings and and and, um, and we lift up the Lord, you know, a lot of times it, when we start, it's kind of ten percent God, ninety percent us. Like we just, you know, we have to move in. But I, we really, um, I really believe our heart's desire is to is to to shift that uh, that that scale and to make sure that we get to as close to hundred percent God as we can. You know, I'm, we even sang last week. It's all about you, Jesus. You know, you alone are God, right? And so we, we want to, to make that our focus and, and really um, quiet ourselves and move into that. So that's what it did. He praised God for who he is. Uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast before the Lord. And I, I, I highlighted that because uh, um, <clears throat> we sang a moment ago about about um, silencing the boast of sin in the grave that's the boast of the enemy but uh, for us the uh, and, and this uh, comes from paul uh, writing first corinthians uh, 1 it's because of him you are in christ jesus who has become for us wisdom from god that is our righteousness holiness and redemption therefore as it is written let one who boasts boast in the lord And then on to um, magnifying, so we'll move to the next, uh, here I know we're a little pressed for time, but it is what it is. So um, the next was, he praised God for what he had done. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Now, um, fear is, I mean, it's something that can be very debilitating. Right, it's something that can affect our mind, affect us. Um, if anybody have ever experienced it, it can be it can be kind of it can be paralyzing, um, and, and really quite controlling. It's you know obviously uh, the enemy, but it's a powerful thing that resides um, in our mind. You know, there's a story of um, a fellow by the name of Mark uh, Saltzman, uh, he was uh, he was a train worker. He worked in, in the rail yards. Uh, young guy, a couple of children, uh, big strong fellow, and uh, they were uh, he was working in the yards and uh, the crew were uh, let off about an hour early because the foreman's birthday, and anyway, he uh, um, had got up into this uh, freezer cart and accidentally got locked in, so he got locked inside this freezer cart, and uh, um, what happened was he started to get cold, and he started to go numb, and he looked around, and he was worried. He thought, what's going to happen to me? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to freeze. What Nobody's going to know what happened to me. Uh, he found a knife, and he started carving on the floor that he was starting to get cold, and his hands were getting numb. And, and uh, if only he could just sleep, uh, this, could be, this could be the end of him. Well, sure enough, they, uh, they found him the next, uh, the next morning, and all the evidence, all the signs were that he froze to death. The problem was that the freezer car wasn't working. It was in the yard to be repaired, and it was 19 degrees Celsius didn't work at all. But because of fear, because of what had ensnared his mind, he actually, sort of that psychosomatic thing, he actually froze to death. And so we see a real example there of fear as I would define it, false evidence appearing real. And in 1 Timothy 1.7 it says, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound or disciplined mind. And so we need to, lay, to ensure that we just lay hold of that. And when fear comes to, to grab us, we need to lay hold of that. It comes in so many forms, right? There's fear of man. There's fear of failure. There's fear of success. There's uh, so many different kinds of, 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 uh, of fear and, and phobias. That, but we need to just quiet ourselves and, and seek the Lord on that. Um, in, in verse 6 there, the poor man cried out, And the Lord hurt him and saved him out of all his troubles. Now, I want you to catch this. The poor man doesn't mean some guy that's down on his luck and, and, you know, uh, just poor me, I'm a worm. No, that was not it at all. What it really means is uh, one who does not have any resources, one who, uh, uh, who can't support, protect, or save themselves, one who has come to the end of themselves and is unable to affect their own deliverance. And so that is... That is where David was at that, at that moment in time. So whether he got tossed and then God spoke to him uh, to go to the cave, uh, I, I don't know, I would be speculating, but um, there you have it. Now, the third, uh, the next slide please, the third um, is to praise him for what he will do. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. And, and this, this really gives you um, a sense of the heart of God. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such that have a contrite spirit. You know, sometimes when we're um, facing difficult times, we, 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 uh, we might pull away. I, years ago, uh, uh, back in the early 90s, um, Pam and I uh, had uh, fostered uh, a baby. Now, this was a situation where uh, the child was seized at birth in the hospital. Uh, they tried to steal it. There was um, gangs. There was stuff involved that uh, uh, they needed to get the baby out of town and and safe. And so uh, they called us emergency. Can you come pick up the child? We did. We, uh, we got a, an escort to the edge of the city. We were living in Niverville at the time uh, to ensure that nobody was following us because this was uh, a serious situation. If, if they were following us and caught us, um, our lives would have been, uh, been in, in jeopardy. Anyway, so we had this child, and we were supposed to have baby for three months. Uh, three months became four months, became longer, became longer, and of course we bonded. And we wanted, um, you know, it, we were, it was indicated to us that potentially we, we, could, we could adopt this child. Uh, but that was not to be. About ten months we had her, uh, we got to name her Vanessa. We had her for ten months. Two weeks before Christmas, they took her. You know, for for a father uh, you know and, and their family, uh, and for all of us, we were really crushed yeah. and you get you get wrapped up in yourself and tend to pull back a bit, but that 's not what God wants because where we found comfort was when we reached out, when we reached out to the Lord, and God ministered to us he didn't in, in many ways uh, and he showed us his love and the really awesome part is is this it's all about god and it's all about his plans right i mean we don't know right and so to humble ourselves to his plan um vanessa um, ended up with a wonderful christian family we even got to kind of keep track for a period of time and you know what we're blessed um after uh, came josh and heather so um god is so good you know uh, but he feels that. he, you know, um, He's sensitive to that broken and that contrite heart. And so in your brokenness, I would encourage you, and that's the challenge in your brokenness, um, ensure that you reach out um, to the Lord um, and have that attitude of praise, not only who he is and what he's done, but what he will do, because he will do um, miracles on, on your behalf. Um, next slide, please. Speaking of that, <laughs> Travis, this is um, for you in case... Uh, for you and I, anytime I get to put a bomber up in in Riderville, uh, I, I I feel pretty good. So uh, please don't be insulted. Are there any bomber fans here besides like two of us? Four oh, three, three, four? Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh good. Oh, anyway, so I, I feel like I can continue then. But anyway, so I want to I want to tell you about about Marcus Rios. He's a 24 year old. He's a rookie. Just played his first game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers last week. Um, unbelievable story. Uh, when he was, uh, he was, this guy um, grew up in a home where they fostered. and may enough his his parents fostered like 40 children, and he they always told their kids, fear nothing, fear nothing. They grew up in a in a family of believers. Anyway, so so when he was uh, in his second year, uh, sophomore at uh, UCLA, uh, he he was starting to get headaches and he started to get sick, and uh, they didn't know what was wrong with him and he was getting worse. He suddenly went blind in one eye. And uh, so they thought it was was a brain cancer, they did all sorts of tests and everything else. Turns out it was something, uh, an invasive uh, fungus um, infection called aspergillosis. Now, the thing with there's only 12 people that are, are recorded to ever have received it. Eight of them died right away, three of them recovered, but died months later. He's the only person in recorded history to survive. he, uh, they found that it it got to the back of his brain, to his brainstem, and uh, the doctors were scared. So, there was fear in that place. The doctors were scared, but he wasn't. He said, I refuse to fear. In fact, this is is a statement that I put up there for you to read that he made um, as he was getting, like, about two-thirds of the way through this whole situation, right? And so, he, he began, after like, coming close to death, he begins to recover, uh, and uh, he asked that they would move him to another room because it overlooked the field where his team was playing, Spalding Field. This is UCLA, UCLA Medical Center. And so with his one good eye, he'd watch his team practice and play because and, and, he had that vision. He had that faith that the Lord was going to heal him, and he had the vision for what his purpose was in life, and that was to, uh, to play football and uh, so he watched them play and after a little while he they they got him up and they had to carefully wrap him up because he had seven IVs going into his system and he would do a lap you know like around the nurses station you you'd get this (laughs) He does a lap around the nurses station uh, and he got up to six laps and then he got up to seven and then he got discharged well long story short he if you he made um, an NFL tryout got to play five games in the NFL before uh, before coming to to Winnipeg he he, uh, this year, was at uh, a training camp. He actually got injured at training camp, if you can believe it. But he was, uh, uh, he was showed something that, uh, uh, and, and I just believe um, that he showed something that was that was radiant, that the coaches caught. And uh, and so they kept him, even though he'd been injured, and he was able to play his first game uh, in the bomber opener. They won, by the way, I'm just, I'm just saying. But, you know, he was able to play. So talk about... Um, An example of perseverance through faith I think that's just uh, just incredible Uh, Casey next slide please Uh, so the next thing the fourth thing would be to to seek his will and his purpose and that I think I think Mark Rios example is a good kind of segue into that Um, and I think about Moses and in Exodus 4 uh, the burning bush uh, the Lord says to him what is in that what is that in your hand and Moses says it's a rod cast it to the ground. And I think wh- what's happening here is that rod, What is that, how, how many years has Moses had that rod in his hand? And what does it represent? Well, that rod is his, um, you know, that's, that's his equipment. It's like, it's like Darren doing cabinetry work and, and all the equipment that he has to have and, and um, his skill, it represents his skill, his talent, but also represents his time. Because how many years has he been out now, uh, uh, as in the wilderness as a shepherd, right? And so, God was saying, "I want you to lay down your talent and your time. I want your skills, and I want your ability, and I want your time. Put it before me." And he did, and look. You know the rest, and the rest of the story is, is the rest of the story. Uh, doing exploits, but I thought that was really it's a good example of, of part of what the, God wants f- for us in terms of as we seek His will and His purpose. Is are we willing? Are we willing to, uh, to 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 use our talents, our skills, and our abilities, be it in the marketplace or whatever, or are we and are we prepared to invest our time in the kingdom? You know, um, when we look at engage. Um, open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Now, that's all about, it, about uh, an action. Those are verbs, right? That's about about uh, um, um, engaging, and it's about uh, uh, about partaking and, and using all of your senses, using your being, right? Spirit, soul, and body. Um, you know, I, I think of uh, David inquired of the Lord, the Bible says, uh, on seven different occasions. And I think of when... Um, when the, the time when when they were marching north, First uh, Samuel uh, thirty uh, records it, and uh, Ziklag is attacked, and uh, um, the men, or the, the women, and the children, everybody is 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 taken captive. Uh, and again, David, no stranger to tough times, uh, he's there, and ev- now now everybody is against him again. His his um, uh, his. Like everyone who's with him, the money men. Everybody uh, is against him. And what is he going to do? Of course, he's just, um, just upset. You know, I mean, I can, I think of, um, with with Vanessa. I can't imagine if your your whole family and all your friends and everybody, um, ha- has been has been taken captive. And what does he do? He um, he knows that there's no one to turn to except for God. And the word says that he strengthened himself. In the Lord and inquired of him what was his will. And when he uh, pursued his will, when he put his faith into action, um, they were successful. And when we talk about putting our faith into action here uh, at the Rock Church, our vision bringing hope to life is all about putting our faith into action. And when we do that, uh, we overcome. Revelation says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb the word of their testimony, and that they love not their lives, even unto the death. I don't have time to tell you how how this scripture, I really don't, um, <laughs> uh, points to the cross, but it does. In fact, maybe I will take two seconds. It says, he guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. You know what, that that's, um, that's, in, in um, the Mosaic law, like that, the, uh, it's a, Maybe a bit gross, but but um, the bodies were not al- allowed to be um, outside, like out in the air overnight, right? Now um, with crucifixion, because it took a long time, that would happen, right? Uh, and so, um, but what happened with Jesus when he declared it is finished? They came, they came by to to break his bones, but he, but he um, was uh, was already dead. He was already gone. He was already beginning the journey of victory, um, you know, which is, uh, which is so exciting. I just, I, I just always remember that when he took captivity captive. He went down to the pit and he took captivity captive uh, and ascended. You know, it's just it's, um, incredible. Anyway, so, that, so all of this kind of, you know, um, David's looking forward, but this looks, you know, we look, we look here, back from here at the cross, but he's on the other side looking, looking to the cross, and even that is being spoken about um, uh, in this. Uh, Casey, last uh, a slide there. Um, so I, I, I want to cl- close with this. I actually have some other things I'd love to talk about, but I'll close with this because I don't want you to miss it. Um, so after David um, left Gath and went to the uh, went to the cave at Adullam, he gathered his brothers there. He gathered his father's household. Those that were uh, in distress, were in debt, were discontented. He gathered like 400 people there. So having come through and now being in Adullam, he was positioned to overcome. In fact, the word says that David and his mighty men, they did exploits. They did exploits. And so I put up, even um, in Daniel, which is um, often prophetic, uh, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out exploits. And so I want to say to you this morning that um, as a church, bringing hope to life, you're doing exploits, and you can do exploits. You know, it might be um, uh, Tanya, it it might be um, supporting her this morning because she's doing exploits in Russia. Uh, It might be um, sponsoring uh, one child to go to camp this summer. It may be volunteering at camp. If you're volunteering at camp and you think of you, you probably don't understand the level of influence that you have. You know, one, of my, one of my favorite stories, I've got to tell you this, a uh, fellow that I met years ago talks about when he was in, in, uh, in a plane and uh, I, I must have been flying Air Canada sorry, you know, because their motto is we're not satisfied until you're not satisfied. Uh, and and, and, and it was, you know, the stewardesses were grumpy, and it was rough, and everybody was just miserable, and they're kind of complaining. And uh, this this little little child, about two years old, pops his, turns around, pops his head up, and he starts looking back over the over, over the seats, and he's looking around at everybody, big smile on his face, and and just just beaming, radiant, just like um, in this in in the psalm where it talks about radiant. He's just radiant, and uh, suddenly the atmosphere changes for the couple three rows behind. And the one row in front, it was a whole different flight from the rest of the people, you know. And that's what you can do. You can, from the people that you influence, you can make it a whole different life experience for them. You know, so again, if you're um, involved with camp, uh, C23 Bibleville, doing any chairs, whatever it is, uh, pastors, um, you're bringing hope to life because you know what? You're doing exploits. And that's what it's all about because that's about putting our faith in action. So that's about about praising him for who he is, praising him for what he's done, what he's going to do, seeking his will, putting it, activating it, engaging with it, and, uh, and overcoming together to, uh, to see him high and lifted up. Amen? Amen. Thank you.